welcome to the garden. Welcome to another episode of The Garden. This is actually episode 23. So thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome to The Garden. This is a place where things can grow. If you are a returning listener, thank you for your continued support. And I really hope that y'all at least walk away with some sort of encouragement, maybe even a little education, um, but something that you can pull from later in life after you hear these messages and these conversations. I am particularly excited for today's episode because we're talking about new seasons and what that means and um, what that looks like and how you get ready for it and what should you be doing in new seasons or as you prepare for new seasons. So perfect episode for you to be tuning in. I do um, plan to be short um, and honor the spirit of brevity this week. However, if we do go a little bit longer, it's okay. We'll roll with it. If you would like to connect with us outside of the podcast, please check us out at thegardenpodcast.com or hit us up on Facebook at The Garden Podcast. We do have an exciting announcement, so please stick around to the end of this episode. Um, one more housekeeping thing. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, and a bunch of other places where you can stream your podcast. So you, if you're looking for us, we are out there. All right. So new seasons. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, I know I have a number of followers that are not Christian, but today we are going to use the story of Noah, not necessarily from a biblical um, spiritual standpoint, but more so from the practical standpoint of what Noah did. So if you don't believe that Noah built the ark, that's cool. We're just going to use it as, as an analogy today. If you do believe that Noah built an ark, even better. We're going to still use that as our analogy today and our framework for today's message. So when I was thinking about new seasons, I kept having Noah pop up in my mind, not because he was this amazing man of God, but because of the practical things that Noah did in his season and why we still talk about Noah's Ark today. So whether you believe in the Bible, whether you believe in Jesus or or what have you, people all across this world still share the story of Noah's Ark. And so I want to talk about, I want to use Noah's Ark as a framework and not really the Ark so much, but more so like what Noah was doing in his season of preparation. So I believe there are a couple seasons that we enter in our life and I believe that they're cyclical. I believe that we, we start in a season of preparation. We then go into a season of activation And then we go into a season of evaluation. And I think it starts right back over. Again, preparation, activation, evaluation. And so when I think about that, I think about everything that we have been called to do, empowered to do, prepared to do, started in a season of preparation. There was an instruction given. Maybe there was a vision or a dream. Maybe there was... um, a burden that you felt and, and and you felt like you were called to answer a certain um, 
area of life, whether that be via education, whether that be via ministry, maybe that's in healthcare, maybe that's in entrepreneurship, right? You have this burden, this overwhelming, like, this is what gets me fired up. This is what I think about all day, every day. This is where my purpose is found, right? I believe that when you start to receive those visions, those dreams, those ideas, that is part of your season of preparation. At the same time that you're receiving these things, you're also receiving everything that you need to execute that dream and that vision. Whether or not you know that or feel that or see that in that moment, I still believe you are receiving that. So one thing that I have been thankful for more recently is in my professional life, I realized I, realized I have been given a lot of opportunities, opportunities that people would not have expected me to receive. They they can't believe that I've received them. And, and when I say opportunities, I mean like not experiences like traveling or, or getting money or, or those type of financial things. I mean, being at tables, being in rooms, encountering people that are policy changers and influencers that are um, legislative leaders that are, I mean, like people that have power and impact in society and for them to be seeking knowledge from me or seeking partnership from me, I'm always thankful for those opportunities. However, I also know that in my young professional career, like that late college post college stage, I went through a lot of hurdles. I burned bridges. I developed negative reputations for myself. I was not very politically savvy. And there were just things that I did that were mistakes and mishaps. I remember I had um, someone tell me, you get one chance in higher ed, um, in, in higher ed, excuse me, to burn a bridge like you just did. One chance. And you've already done it and you're barely 22. And so so thinking through that season of preparation, right, all of that stuff, whether it was losing opportunities, um, losing community members, whereas, you know, people didn't want to include me on projects. People didn't want to have tough conversations with me, whether it was losing a witness, you know, having an audience that could have and would have listened to me. But because of how I did things, I lost them as as witnesses, as an audience, right? I think about that season that I was in. That was my season of preparation. It was a hot mess. It was hard. I remember um, I was at University of Notre Dame and I had a woman who I was seeking out as a mentor. She was um, another woman of color, had a leadership position and I remember, you know, having a conversation with her. And one thing that she said to me was, you need to do some introspective work. You running around here thinking that everybody has a problem with you or that everybody else is the problem. But she's like, there's a reason why people talk to you and deal with you the way that they do. And there's a reason why you respond the way that you do. And so that was such a tough pill to swallow. But it makes me think of Noah. In a specific season, Noah had a very specific job and it it wasn't comfortable. When he was told to build the ark, the Bible tells us that he did it with a godly fear. So he was scared. It was like so unknown 
why he would be building this ark. And on top of that, his assignment came at a place where he was, I I think scripture tells us he was over 500 years old. So when I think about being, being in a season where you are given this assignment, you're given this task, you're given this charge, what does it mean to be in a season of preparation? It's my belief that those 500 years prior to him getting his assignment, Noah was being prepared to do what he needed to do. So you cannot go into activating your dreams, activating on um, your visions and, and moving things forward if you have not prepared for it. If you do that, there's going to be something that slips through the crack. Maybe that's a big thing. Maybe that's a small thing, but something's going to slip. So a season of preparation is so important. So whatever Noah was doing for those first 500 years, it was preparing him to to be able to even receive a word from God that says, go and build this ark. And not only are you going to build it, you're going to do it specifically how I am telling you to do it so that it may impact generations to come. So building that ark in that moment was not just so Noah could build the ark. It wasn't just for that day or the following year. It has been a story. It has been a source of motivation and encouragement for years to come. So in your season of preparation, thinking that through, what does it mean to do well now so that it is um, impactful for generations to come? What does it mean to sit in that season of preparation and take everything that you're supposed to get, whether that's tough criticism from friends or family or mentors or community leaders to maybe that's acquiring education. Maybe that's doing some readings, whatever it is that you're supposed to be acquiring in that 500 years, in that season of preparation before your launch pad, I'm encouraging you to do it and do it with humility, right? Because it's one thing to do it and do it kind of grudgingly like, oh, I really don't want to have to do this. Oh, I'm super overwhelmed. I'm irritated. This ain't what I thought it was going to be. This isn't what, um, you know, I thought it was going to look like. It's one thing to do it that way. It's a whole nother thing to shift your perspective and choose to be grateful. So when I was in that season where I was losing job opportunities, where people weren't including me on projects, I knew that within me, I was called to be at some of these tables to be facilitating conversations from the different seats that I held, whether that was at the head of the table or whether that was as 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 a, a byproduct to the table, whatever it is, I knew that I was called to be impacting higher education in a very specific way. In that season of time where things were hard and I was a young professional, I was hard-headed, part of the reason I had those experiences was because I was not humble. I knew that I had tools. I knew that I had gifts. I knew that I had the knowledge. I knew that I had the connection. I knew that I had the creativity and the innovation, but I did not have humility. So in my season of preparation, I also was a threat and a detriment to myself. Now, I'm a personal believer that everything that we go through can be used for our good, no matter how ugly it is. So in that season, losing those opportunities, it prepared me now 
to be able to have different types of conversations with different types of people in a way that keeps the door open. It it empowered me now to know that when somebody tells me no, I don't hear that no as a never. I hear it as not yet. So I'm always thinking, how can I get creative to get to the solution that I'm seeking? But I learned all of that because I had a number of people telling me no very early on. And so when I think about Noah, I think about Noah had a season that was intended to teach him, to groom him, and to take him from baby Noah to Noah at 500 that was ready to build an ark. So that's my first point of encouragement for you. In a specific season, you will have a specific job. And in your season of preparation, you must be humble. You must endure whatever that season is throwing to you because you know that the next part of the season is activation. So let's talk about that. When it came to Noah building the ark, the Bible tells us that there was a very specific way that he was encouraged to build the ark. Like very specific, use this size wood, build it this long, this wide, right? And so one thing that I think about with his story is that when, when Noah got the word from God in, in, in Genesis, essentially God was like, make yourself an ark so that your family may be saved. And we see that again in Hebrews eleven seven. So for people who are kind of like, well, what was going on for him to even need to build an ark? I'm not going to go through all that, but I can sum it up by saying there was some unrest. There was some families that were falling apart. There was this entire shift in the book of Genesis, which is the beginning of all of this, right? There was an entire shift in how people were acting out what God intended for them and then what God had actually expected of people. So there was this entire culture shift that was like disruptive and it was completely moving away from what God had intended for the world. So this ark was going to be meant to save certain components, but then also the storm that will come will wipe out uh, several components. So when Noah got the message, it says that he did, he, he followed instruction with godly fear. But the thing is just, just notice how Noah was ready. Even though he was scared, he was ready. He didn't have time for negativity. He didn't have time for imposter syndrome. He didn't have time for power struggles or lack of humility. Noah knew that he had work to do. He had 500 years to remember all of the things that God had given him and blessed him with and the lessons that he learned and the people that he met and the skills that he acquired. So when it was time for him to do his job, when it was time for him to roll into that season of activation, he was ready. We don't see him trying and then falling off, trying and then falling off and then complaining like, oh, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And am I equipped to do it? And then, and oh, woe is me. And, and he didn't have time for that. It was more so like, Lord, I'm scared. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. The other thing that happened in the season of activation is he was building this ark with no sign of rain. Now the whole time, mind you, People don't receive word, you know, that, okay, God about to come back and, and destroy the world using water. You know, people, people kind of have this, like, may, maybe that's going to happen. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's true. 
you know, wh- where, did, where did this word come from? Did it actually come from God? Did it not come from God? But the whole time, Noah's one job is to build the freaking ark so that the people and the animals and everything that was supposed to make it onto that ark so that life may be sustained would make it onto that ark, which is why there were very specific requirements about how big this ark needed to be, right? So can you imagine having received a word from God, a purpose from God, uh, an, an, an encouragement from God, and not seeing a single drop of rain for 120 years? Can you imagine physically exhausting yourself to build something, to create something, to manifest something, and never seeing that drop of rain? In our lives today, that drop of rain is is accomplishments it's the next stage it's the next phase of something it's growth sometimes we feel like we're building and investing we're doing but we don't see the fruits of our return yet right we don't see necessarily like okay god you told me to fill this certain need but but i don't see it being met you called me into nonprofit you called me into corporate America, you called me into education, but I'm not seeing the fruits of my labor. You called me into ministry, but I can't grow this church or I can't grow this Bible study, right? Sometimes it looks like we're building and building and building and there's nothing to show for it. And so I love, I love, I love, love, love how committed Noah was to building that ark regardless of what he could see. And can you imagine right now walking out your your house, your job, wherever you are and saying, God gave me this word to go and build this boat. And then for the next 120 years, you are building this boat with the anticipation that rain is coming and people are watching you do this. And they're looking at you like, what are you doing? There is no rain. There has been no rain. There will be no rain, right? So when I think about not only did Noah have to reconcile within himself what the heck he was doing, but I know he had people around him that were full of doubt and were full of like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you look crazy doing this. And the whole time Noah was like, I'm just going to have to look crazy then. I'm going to have to look crazy because I was given an assignment. That's the same thing I think about with love. Sometimes people are going to be looking at you like, how can you still love that person? Still want to be around that person? Still want to hang out with that person or those types of people? And the whole time you thinking like, all right, yeah, I'm doing this and it hurts and it's frustrating and I'm confused and I don't know why I'm doing this. But whole time you're still committed to it because that was your assignment and you're in that season of activation. So let me also tell you this. There's a reason why Noah was chosen to build the ark. Everybody can't build an ark. Not everybody has the discipline, not everybody has the wisdom, not everybody has the the humility to be able to fulfill the assignment that you have been given. So just know whatever situation, whatever season that you are in, you have been prepared for it, prepared for it. And not only have you been prepared for it, but you are specifically assigned to that. Not everybody is going to under that so that's that's our season of activation right doing the work not having time for negativity or imposter syndrome or power struggles 
But just knowing that in this season of activation, everything that is within you has prepared you for this moment. And then the last portion of this is moving into a season of evaluation where you get to sit back and you get to look at how everything plays out. And again, I believe that this is cyclical. It is constantly happening. We're constantly being prepared for something, moving into a season of activation, and then being able to look back and say, okay, this worked, it didn't work. This is who I am now. This is who I'm not, who I'm not, right? We're constantly in that season of evaluating. And in that season of evaluating, that's where we give honor to the struggle, to the blessings and to the struggle. That's where we get to sit back and be like, dang, I didn't even know I can make it this far. I didn't even know I could push this hard. I didn't even know I was this talented. I never even imagined going to going into these places or going to these new heights, right? This is the time where we get to sit back and be thankful. In your season of evaluation, be thankful. Truly be thankful for the good, the bad, the better, the worse, all of that, everything in between, be thankful for it. And so in that season of evaluation, you are most fulfilled when you actually do what you're called to do specifically how you are called to do it. So Noah made mistakes on his journey in life, but even though even though he was imperfect, God still saw him as just and good because he simply did what he was supposed to do. So that's my word of encouragement for you all today is as we launch into new seasons. And so I'm, I'm going to share in a second uh, an example of how I'm practically walking through this. But as we launch into new seasons, I really want you to think about this as as plainly as you can. What am I being prepared for? If you're in a season of activation, what are you actively doing? And if you're in a season of evaluation, being thankful for the good, the bad, and the ugly. So when I started this podcast, part of me knew like I wanted to be able to talk about culture. I wanted to be able to talk about Christ. I wanted to be able to talk about life. Like I just wanted this podcast to literally be exactly how I am in life with God and with people. And so I was like, I just want to record. Like I just want to record these conversations. I want to record thoughts. And and hopefully this brings people closer to God. Not in some super religious type of way or whatever, but just for people to see that God loves the imperfect person, right? Like he wants the imperfect person. So if you're, if your hurdle or your hangup was like, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. I'm like, I just want to show y'all the rawness of my Christian walk and how if God can still love me in all of my raggedy mess, then I know he can love you. And I promise y'all as I record these episodes and as I'm still serving with the garden like I am still falling short I am still making mistakes I am still having challenges I am still being prepared for new seasons I I am like in this struggle with y'all so anyway started this podcast first couple episodes were absolute bust you know why because I wanted to do things my way I wanted to do things according to how I saw um, how I saw the podcast going, like what I wanted it to do, where I wanted it to go. And so the first couple episodes were absolutely really bad. Now, part of it is growing pains. You start, you're in a, you're in a season, you've been prepared. Now you're activated to do a podcast. You got to learn what that looks like. Right. So anyway, first couple episodes were awful. 
And then because I have such a strong community around me that I share my visions and dreams with, some of them reflected some things back like, yo, we don't need 45 minute episodes. Hit us with 10 to 15 minutes, enough for me to get up, get ready in the morning and be ready to roll. So I was like, okay, let me let me try to trim this back. Let me be more succinct. Like, let me be more prepared. Was I was going in and the garden really started to take off. It was like, okay, now I need to get on social media. Okay, God, we getting on social media. Now I need to put the word out there to people in the community that I that I'm doing a podcast. Okay, cool. Rolling that out as well. Now God was like, all right, bring guests on. And I was like, oh, God, what if they say something that doesn't align with how I see things or, or what I want my audience to hear? But God still was like, bring guests on. So brought guests on. And as I brought guests onto the podcast, I realized the podcast was reaching more people. And so one thing that I have always vowed to do is to never get caught up in the numbers, whether that's goals that I have set, um, physical goals, uh, educational goals, whatever. I've always vowed not to get caught up in the numbers. So with this podcast, I was like, I'm not going to look at how many viewers we get in. I'm not going to look at, you know, where these viewers are coming from. But then God was like, and I need you to build a website. And I was like, God, like, come on, the stretching. Right. But this is my 500 years of preparation. And so then we moved into a season of activation where people start placing calls like, hey, we want we want to talk to the garden. We need y'all to come and do an event. We need you to come and minister with us. Right. So so it was in that season of activation where it was like I did all this prep work. Now, God was call, calling me to do a different set, set of work. And so I entered into a season of, of evaluation where it was like, OK, things are running with the podcast. I got a system down. I'm able to manage it. And God dropped into my spirit. You're going to have a co-host. And I was like, oh, oh, no. Now, hold on now. Like, what do you mean a co-host? Like somebody who just comes on every so often or like what does this look like and God kept working on my heart like humble yourself enough to have a partner in the garden where it where the garden is just as much theirs as it is yours and that y'all was hard for me many of y'all will probably learn this about me but I can be very type a very particular I can have a vision and want to act that vision out. And I was just telling y'all earlier on this episode, when people tell me, no, I see that as, all right, not yet, but I'm going to help you get to the solution I'm seeking. Right. So when God was like, bring somebody on as a partner, I was like, mm, mm. I wasn't going to tell him no, but I also was like, I am really ready to tell you yes. So it was a journey. It really was a journey. And, and God dropped very specifically into my heart, the woman who is supposed to join me as a co-host. So this is the announcement to the world that the Garden Podcast will officially welcome a co-host beginning episode 24. And her name is Shayna Darden. So y'all might remember that name. Shayna is, um, she was a guest on episode nine where we talked about mother, sister, friends. So she's one of my dear sisters in Christ. She's a friend. She is that person that I can say, hold me accountable, pray for me, give it to me real. And so I'm excited to welcome her starting next week. And me being me, I was like, all right, God, I can walk with you on this, but help me meet me in the middle on this. Like help me figure out what this looks like. And so 
where we fell was that we know that she's a partner. We know that she's a full partner in this. We know that the garden is just as much as Shayna's as it is mine, as it is God's. And so we honor that. But to give Shayna a little bit of a chance to ease into things, we're going to have her on about six or seven episodes as the year closes out. And then starting in January, she will be a consistent presence on the garden. So I shared this story to let you know that I'm in this season with y'all. I'm going through planning. I'm going through activation. I'm going through evaluation. I am being stretched. I am being encouraged and called and pushed and, and molded. And I know that everything that got me to where I am now, everything that happened in that season of preparation was so necessary. Um, last thought, and I'm going to, uh, leave you guys, but a couple years ago, maybe about a year and a half, two years ago, I actually was on another Christian podcast with another Christian woman who was my friend. And that friendship has been severed since us serving on the Christian podcast. And one thing that I remember when I was going through this season, I was like, Lord, this is so dumb. Why are we arguing? Why are we beefing? Like, why don't I like her now when we literally were serving in ministry together, right? The thing that I have learned having my own podcast and welcoming guests into my own podcast is I learned exactly how I never wanted to do things, how I, how I committed myself to not burning a bridge over this type of experience, to, to remind myself to always keep this podcast centered on God, regardless of if the people who come on here believe in God, believe in Jesus, what have you, that's beside the point. If I keep myself centered on my purpose and my purpose is to bring people together, to offer words of encouragement, to inspire people. If I keep myself centered on that, then everything that I do has to be in alignment for me. It has to be in alignment with God. And so I was like, okay, God, that was a hard season. It was ugly. It was hurtful. I lost a friend that I absolutely loved and cared about. But at the same time, that was my season of preparation. That was that for Noah, that 500 years of preparation, right? So like I said, sometimes it can be ugly. Sometimes it can be beautiful. But now I'm happy to say that the Garden Podcast has a consistent follower base and we're international now. And, you know, I still am committed to not looking at the numbers, but I can say for sure, one thing is that God has been able to do wonderful things with this podcast. So if nothing else, I just want you all to be encouraged, to trust your season of preparation, to be ready for that activation. And when you go into that season of evaluation, I want you to be so thankful for all of the ups and downs and get ready to go back into new seasons. This is another episode of The Garden. We'll catch y'all next week. <laughs>